Hello everyone, Sarah Wright here and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited as we have Anne-Christine on the show from the popular vegan blog Veggie Magnifique. We delve into some really exciting topics, how Anne's career has taken her from acting in LA to moving over to Paris and starting up a vegan blog. I absolutely love Anne's story. She shares some really great tips and hacks on how to set up as a blogger and a YouTuber and how to make a career change if that is something that you're interested in. Anne has also been a health coach with IIN, which I know that is very popular at the moment. And I absolutely loved hearing Anne's story and how she juggles different jobs and how she navigates the challenges through setting up a new business in a new country with a new language. And I just love Anne so much. She's very uplifting, so positive, and I think you'll really enjoy the show. So let's get going. Today, I'm very excited as I'll be speaking with Anne-Christine, the co-creator of the popular wellness blog and YouTube channel, Veggie Magnifique. Anne has carved out an impressive career as a singer, performer, voiceover artist, blogger, and is a certified health coach with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. I spotted Anne sharing a wonderful plant-based recipe and her yoga classes on the Veggie Magnifique YouTube channel around a year ago, and I personally have been a fan ever since. Today, she'll be sharing her journey of creating Veggie Magnifique and becoming a vegan entrepreneur. Hi, Anne. How are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm great. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Oh, no. Thank you so much. I'm a huge, huge fan. And um, I just, I love watching your videos, especially during this time. You're just a kind of sunshine in my day, to be honest, um, on YouTube and Instagram. I think you're fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. That just warms my heart. <laughs> Can you tell um, us and the listeners where you are in the world right now? Yes, my husband and I, we relocated to New Hampshire at the beginning of 2020. So what a year. Um, we had been traveling after we got married. So it was like a huge switch. It's a huge change because we were living in Paris for several years, many years. And then we got married, traveled the world, and now we're in New Hampshire. So now you're up to speed. <laughs> Oh, wow. And like, it's just incredible. I mean, I followed your journey when you were in Paris. And I know your work has taken you from Los Angeles to begin with to Paris. Can you tell me a bit about your career journey and what inspired you to create the blog in the first place and just a bit about your background? Yeah, of course. So it's, it's been it's been a real unexpected journey, a wonderful journey, but you know, like not what I planned in my 10 year plan, you know, when I was like 15. <laughs> um, my initial career and, you know, still to this day, I'm a voiceover artist. So uh, I started doing that when I was a teenager and then I did it in Los Angeles. And I was also uh, acting as well. I've done quite a bit of acting in my life, but it was very, very hard in LA. I, I floundered, let's say, for many years, and it just was pretty awful <laughs> in so many ways. And LA wasn't the shoe that fit for me. And uh, after like 10 years, this is like the, the very, very abbreviated version of like <laughs> an extremely long, argu like arduous tale. But after almost a decade of living in LA, I was like, you know what? I'm not that happy here. I've always dreamt of moving to Paris. I had studied abroad in Grenoble during college. And uh, it was like, the stars aligned and I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm just gonna move to Paris and see what happens. It's my dream. I'm not really happy in, Paris, in, in, in Los Angeles. And, and I, I intuitively felt like 
you know, this was not it. Like I could be happier, you know, I'm not like, you know, like I think I had been kind of convincing myself that I was, I was fine for many years. And, and I, I really wasn't because it was such a struggle, uh, you know, holding down different jobs to pursue my acting career and then just finding the industry. It just didn't really mesh with, with me and my values and how, how I live as like a clean living girl. So anyway, I moved to Paris, best decision ever. And I began working as a voiceover artist somewhat soonish, which was amazing and unexpected to be honest. Like I moved and I was ready to like, you know, just do anything to live in the city that I loved. And not anything, but you know what I mean. I was ready to, <laughs> to like, you know, do a lot of different side jobs and get things going. But I was able, just because I had so many years of experience to like, I was a big fish in a small pool for, for voiceover. And I met on like, maybe, I don't know, my third voiceover job. I met Chloe, who would become my best friend. And later also my business partner with Veggie Manifique. So we bonded over like a plant-based lifestyle. We bonded over health. We bonded over everything, really. She's still my closest, bestest friend to this day. And so over the course of several different like masterminding sessions where, you know, we were just sharing our goals and our visions for life, we, we realized that we wanted to start a blog. And I had been studying holistic nutrition at the same time. So when I moved to Paris, it's, it's interesting. I really, it's, <laughs> life is so funny because like my whole plan was to be a performer and I still am, but I couldn't deny this like passion for nutrition and wellness and health. Like it was something that I did in my spare time was researching nutrition, wellness. Like it was just a passion and I couldn't deny it. And so again, the stars aligned and I learned about the school, uh, IAN, which is like you said, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I love how you say integrative. I can't say a Brit does, but I love how the Brits say it. Um, <laughs> and so, um, and that happened and that changed my life. It totally changed my life because it gave me the savoir faire and the tools to understand how I could make my passion for health and wellness into a business, right? And um, so, so Chloe and I were brainstorming for many months about how to make it something, how to share this information and how to create, you know, kind of like, what would you call it? At the time it wasn't a business, but it was a, it was a hobby in the beginning, right? So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how Veggie Magnifique was born. Then later, years later, Chloe became a mom and she wanted to focus on her son and just, you know, more, she enjoys living in the south of France and gardening and she's just my inspiration. But in terms of Veggie Magnifique being a business, it was, it was a lot and it, it is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so, um, so now it's just me on Veggie Magnifique, which, you know, we were able to amicably figure that out though it was very very difficult i i will be honest like we were both very you know frustrated with the the process and but we were able to to preserve our friendship which was 
by far the most important element of that. And so I'm very grateful for that and is a true test, you know, to, to, to our, to our friendship. But anyway, so that's the long story about the creation of Veggie Magnifique. And of course that was several years ago now, and now it's moving into a new phase and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of in the middle of a reinvention. I love that. It's so inspiring to hear how you just went with your gut feeling and you moved from LA to Paris. And I think lots of people can sort of relate with feeling like they want to move somewhere different and maybe try and chase a dream. So it's so incredible hearing your story. With the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, I'll say it, um, how did you, did you use that? Were you a health coach when you first moved over to Paris and where did the sort of vegan nutrition or um, the vegan recipes, where, how did that all tie into the blog um, and your work and things? So I was very vegan-ish in Los Angeles for, for quite a few years before I moved to Paris and I, you know, I say vegan-ish because I was kind of like not entirely, I was more plant-based and it was more for my health. And in terms of health coaching, once you start doing IIN, you know, at a certain point you could start health coaching. So I have had a few clients over the years, although my primary focus has really been Veggie Feek because coaching is, is, it's very involved and you have to be really like very dedicated and present and have all the time to, to devote to that. And though I enjoy certain elements of it, it's not scalable and it doesn't necessarily tick all the boxes of my passions as also a performer. And like, uh, I love making videos and I love writing blog posts and that scalability is very attractive to me because I know that I can reach more people and, and I, and I really appreciate that. And I, I just love doing what I do. But in terms of, so your question was health coaching and then, uh, what, what was that? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, I suppose, did you use health coaching and then bring that into the blog or did you find that your, your studies, so I suppose if people are looking to start on a career path similar to yours, um, did it help with the blog or did you feel more confident, I suppose, sharing that information and knowledge? Hmm. Yeah. So I would say that my intention with doing IIN wasn't to become a health coach. Actually, it was to create some sort of online platform for this information. And though I have health coached and it is a very important, important service, these days because it's so needed it's so 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 needed so i do it sometimes but again like what's great about the school that i did is that you don't have to just be a health coach like if you want to create a wellness you know platform or if you want to create a product you know in in like a, like a healthy product like one of the speakers during my studies her name is Elizabeth, I forget her last name, but she created granola, you know, like she was really passionate about healthy food. And so she ended up creating a line of products after doing IIN. So it's really like open as to what you want to do with your knowledge. I think being a health coach obviously helps you to understand truly what people are dealing with. And that helps like from a content perspective of like, okay, I have clients who are dealing with this and that. 
I suspect um, a lot of people are dealing with this. And so it kind of gives you like on the ground knowledge about what you can share, you know, to, to help other people as well. Kind of gives you, I don't know, fodder for, for expanding your scope of adding value, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's important to find the shoe that fits with regard to how you use the knowledge and the expertise that you have. And uh, I've experimented with a lot of different ways to do that. And at the moment, I really enjoy creating content and I hope to do even more content this year. Like it's, it's, I have so many goals and so many plans on how I can make Veggie Magnifique into a thriving business whilst also really like upping my impact and helping more people. Yeah, that's brilliant. I think that it's fantastic. I think a lot of people feel kind of bemused when they turn plant-based. So it's so great to have sort of simple, fun recipe videos. I think it's fantastic. Um, in terms of your day-to-day -day now, how do you balance your different job roles? And yeah. um, what, what does a typical day look like for Anne-Christine? Okay, so I would say that there's no typical day exactly because it's very busy. Like I'm very busy right now simply because I haven't successfully made Veggie Magnifique a thriving business yet, if I'm being totally transparent with you. So I have to earn money in other ways. So I do voiceover from home. I also work for other people. You know, I nanny. I do a lot of different things right now. Like this season of my life, I'm just hustling. <laughs> That's just the truth. I'm just being totally honest. Sometimes, like especially when you change countries, you need to hustle and you just need to make it work. And so my typical day would depend on if I'm working for other people that day or if I'm able to commit entirely, not commit, but focus on the many feet. So during the week, well, one thing that is typical is my mornings. My mornings are always the same. I always get up early. I always do my morning routine. So that's yoga, meditation, uh, healthy breakfast. I also do a gratitude practice and I just have that like anchoring moment for myself, which honestly is just like my saving grace because life can be, <laughs> especially this past like year, it can be really overwhelming. And there's, especially when you're trying to do many different things and achieve your goals whilst on uh, like my like macro level the world is sort of falling apart like how do you center and how do you find your motivation and your your strength I'm gonna say and so anyway my mornings are are always that are always the morning routine and some sort of movement and sometimes I journal as well but it's always it's always like my big bowl of matcha <laughs> my gratitude my meditation and yoga and planning my day as well. Like that's really important to me. I, I, I do bullet journaling. So that's another thing that I'm making sure to get in every day so that I know what my main focuses are. Like what are my priorities today? And how can I make sure that those few things happen today? So that's that's pretty, pretty straightforward in terms of during the day. Like sometimes I might jump into the voiceover studio because I, I still work with Paris, which has been amazing to do, to continue doing voiceover at a distance. Or sometimes, you know, I have to run off to work and then I get home later at night. And some nights, you know, I'm able to kind of continue working on my own projects and Veggie Magnifique. And some nights I'm totally exhausted. And so I can't. <laughs> like it's this balance of 
making sure that I'm able to dedicate time to what's going to help me to have more jurisdiction over my time, if that makes sense. So I, I would like to get off a working hamster wheel where I'm, you know, working for other people and work exclusively for myself. But until I can create more streams of revenue, like continuous, like I do make money, but not enough. I don't make enough to just do veggie minifique at this point, like at, at all. <laughs> like uh, I'm just covering expenses here. And that has been a real struggle for me. And a huge, huge motivating factor, a huge motivating factor on my entrepreneurial uh, journey. Because when I was living in Paris, I was working a lot as a voiceover artist. I had a whole, you know, slew of contacts there and like a, a thriving voiceover career. And I was able to do both. And it wasn't so like irked by the fact that Veggie Manifique wasn't making much money because I had a whole career on the side and so did Chloe. But now I'm realizing that, you know, Veggie Manifique is, is my passion. It's what I want to do. It's important. You know, it, I, I, I love the, the why behind Veggie Manifique. And if I can find a way, and I will, but when I find a way to actually make that into a sustaining business where, you know, I, I can earn income as well as cover my expenses as well as thrive, like thrive and help a lot of people and scale. That's like my goal. That's, that's a huge motivation for me. And, uh, getting off of a hamster wheel of working for other people is a huge motivation as well, just because freedom is a really important like, value for me and having my time freedom and, uh, and using my talents in, in the ways that I, that I want to use them. That's, that's like fulfillment, right? That's, that's fulfillment when you're able to share what you want to share and help people in, in ways that bring you joy. Like that's the ultimate, right? Yeah, I totally agree. And I just commend you so much. And thank you for just sharing and being so honest, because I think that when people see sort of through Instagram and YouTube, they can always sort of put um, people on a pedestal. And it's so important, I think, to share the true journey of building a business and behind a passion project. And I love seeing that you do obviously have a clear and strong why behind you're doing what you're doing. But what is, where, where did the why, what is your why for carrying on with Veggie Magnifique now? Yeah, I, it's, it's been actually a very beautiful journey to finding my why because before when I was focusing exclusively on like my performing career, it left something to be desired. I do love performing. I, I love doing voices. I love singing. I love performing. However, sometimes I work for brands that I don't necessarily, you know, condone or use, right? And sometimes like it just lacks that that kind of noble cause and and that is really important and you know as you learn and you grow you start to realize how important it is to have i'm going to be a little bit prosaic here but have a purpose in life right and so my wife for Manifique is very profound I, I want to do good on this planet and i want to help people and i want it to be a very win-win situation of that I'm able to, you know, provide for my family and have a, an abundant life. But at the same time, I'm helping other people with my knowledge and expertise to enjoy a better life, right? To, to feel better and to live better. And if I can help people to have a better quality of life, 
and with with this knowledge that has helped me so much like that's that's a huge why that i'm very motivated by that why because it's important and then you sleep well at night because you know that what you're doing is not only important and noble but it's also kind of fitting into that sweet icky guy you know spot of being what you love doing as well as a needed need you know <laughs> yeah I love that term ikigai. <laughs> I like yeah, that you use it. That. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I like it. Um, in terms of the vegan nutrition, are you fully vegan now? And what is your sort of take on? Um, do you like to use the word plant-based or vegan? Um, and how have you found people responding to your videos? What What's been the response? Yeah, so I am fully vegan now, and it was, it was, I've been vegan for many years, but it was a very slow transition for me. So, like, I was veganish, and then I was plant based, and then I slowly became like vegan, vegan. And for me, it was more of like since I went in through the health door, it wasn't that big of a deal if I was a chigan. But then once I started to learn about the animals and the ethical qualms with, you know, the standard American diet and other ways of eating, you know, I couldn't unlearn what I had learned. And so I slowly but surely was removing anything that had to do with animals from my life, you know, so like leather and, um, well, anything really that was, that was somehow linked to, to cruelty and using animals. And it has been a slow process, but a wonderful one, because I feel like a lot of people have this somewhat idealistic notion that they can change from one day to the next, like totally everything. And maybe some people can and awesome. That's great. But in my experience, it has been more sustainable because I have been very gradual and mindful about it. And I think that that's really important. I think that a lot of people are very, afraid of the term vegan actually to to answer your question about plant-based versus vegan because we have this notion that vegans are you know which is, some of them can be very you know snobby and holier than thou and some of them are just you know punks and well anyone like all there's people there's punks everywhere right but in terms of the vegan movement I think people can sometimes get a bad taste in their mouth, which is really sad because it's a beautiful, wonderful way to live. It's such a kind approach to life. It's so filled with health. It's so filled with, you know, like um, uh, coherence. It's, it's wonderful. But if you get super rigid about it, that's when people get turned off. And so that's actually one of the big focuses for my channel is inviting people, inviting them to check out a, vegan lifestyle and see how it can be so enjoyable and fun and friendly and delightful and delicious and not you know restrictive or depriving or or mean or mean-spirited and i think that's that's one you know like bone to pick as it were with the vegan movement in in my perspective is we need to be more inviting to people we need to say hey come and try this delicious vegan cake I've made. Can you believe it? Like there's no, you know, cow milk in it. There's no cow butter in here. Isn't that awesome? And then just like being very inclusive with this way of living. And because again, people are going to, most people are going to flirt with it first. They're going to try it out. They're going to do uh, like kind of dip their toe in. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a wonderful way to, 
start to get to know something. And so, yeah, I, I guess maybe I'm rambling here, but <laughs> I think plant-based is more nutrition oriented, right? Cause you're eating mostly plants and then vegan is not only nutrition, but it goes beyond toward lifestyle. So I, I, I do have a vegan lifestyle and I share a lot of vegan lifestyle content on my platform and my blog and my channel. Uh, I eat whole food plant-based, you know, like most of the time. So for me, as a health coach, as someone who has studied holistic nutrition, I really suggest that people strive to eat as healthy of a diet as possible. Like that's when you're going to thrive on a vegan diet. Cause if you're just eating vegan hot dogs and pasta marinara all day and like vegan cookies, you're obviously not going to thrive on a diet. And then you're going to be like, ah, yeah, you know, I tried that vegan thing and it didn't work. And it's like, well, okay, but were you also thinking about nutrition in order to sustain? So, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll say plant-based because obviously it's here, here or there or like on tags because it attracts people to the diet side of things. But I'm, I'm very much both and I'm striving to create an atmosphere of inclusiveness and inviting people in to see how how wonderful and healthy and coherent that this lifestyle can be. I think you've achieved just that already. Um, I mean, if anyone listening to this is kind of toying with the idea of going plant-based or vegan, head over to Veggie Bags This Week YouTube channel because it is fantastic and it just makes me smile. I sometimes go for a walk and just put one of your videos on and I love the information and the way you deliver it. It's just fun and not scary at all. I think a lot of people are intimidated by it. And um, no, I just want to say thank you so much because I think that you're sharing the message in a really lovely and positive, sunny way. So it's fantastic. In thank terms you. of um, your YouTube channel, so I know that you are obviously blogging at the moment and you're spreading YouTube. Um, I know in the past you worked, you were in the press a lot in Paris when you were living there and you worked with, um, you collaborated with other businesses and things like that. What does what has worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? And have there been any career highlights? Yeah, um, in Paris, we we did so many wonderful things, and it was so it was so lovely because again, I think we were bigger fishes in a smaller pool. You know, in the United States, there's a lot more a lot more vegan businesses and vegan blogs and vegan channels, which is wonderful. I think it's a wonderful thing. I'm not, I, I think it's great. But in France, we were just able to kind of like make a name for ourselves a lot quicker. And um, I would say some of the highlights were veggie mini, were, sorry. I would say some of the highlights were veggie world presentations. So we did, I think like two or three presentations at veggie world, which was so much fun and so wonderful. And we got to meet so many people. And then we were in the press, you know, we were in, a variety of different French publications, mag magazines. We, uh, one highlight would be that my husband and my wedding was featured in Veg News last year. So that was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was just super amazing. So I guess being in the French press was, was, a, was a highlight. But the, the truth is, that's just kind of like hype and press. I would say that true highlights is when I get feedback from like what you just said and from other people who send me emails and share that my content has helped them or that they find it uplifting. Like, I'm just gonna be totally honest here. That is, that is when I feel so good about what I do. Like, I understand that 
you know, the media industry, it's like, you got to know people and it's, it's, I don't trust it at all. And so <laughs> in terms of real highlights, it's when I really feel like I help someone or touch someone as opposed to, I knew someone who knew someone and then I got in a magazine. Like it's great for exposure. I don't deny it. Like awesome. So great. More people can discover my channel, but that's not really what matters. Like I don't say that, you know, like I've made it because I was in XYZ magazine. I feel more like I made it or I'm in the process of making it when I help someone and inspire someone to make a change or to try a new recipe or to think differently than they've been thinking. Yeah, I think it's really important that you say that as well. I think having that human aspect behind it and it's sort of the media, it's the only surface level and you kind of forget that there are humans actually taking in your content behind the screen, um, which is, yeah, it's, it's very important to say. Um, in terms of the future, where do you see Veggie Magnifique going and how would you like to sort of communicate your message going forward? Do you have any books or anything on the table, which I'm very much hoping you do? <laughs> I have so many ideas, it's somewhat exhausting. To be honest, that's my problem. Like I have so many different goals and things that I want to accomplish that one of my, I guess, weaknesses and strengths at the same time, I have a hard time focusing. I'm like, I really want to do an online course. I also really want to create a membership site. I also really want to write an ebook, you know, like all of these things. And it's just like, okay, where do I start? You know, do I start on, you know, the ebook? Do I start on the online course? I also like have to look at the numbers and say, okay, what's going to bring in, you know, some revenue so I can actually continue spending so many hours on Veggie Many Feet. Like I spend so many hours. And I love it, but at the same time, I need to somehow find a way to be compensated for, for the hours that I put into it. Like it has to kind of like, you know, be, be a, like it has to be a business. It is a business. I have a business structure, like I am a business. So if I'm not making any income, I can't continue doing what I'm doing. So I really need to think about that as well, but I'm very idealistic. I'm very idealistic. It's like, well, this is on my heart and I want to create this. And my husband who's, you know, helping me on the back end is like, okay, that's great. But <laughs> we have to look at the numbers here and we have to make sure that we see this as a business so that you can sustain. And so I have all these different ideas and, you know, one of the things that I struggle with is working on the business whilst also working in the business. And that's a huge, huge factor because I have, I require of myself to get a video out every week, which in addition to my many other jobs is somewhat really difficult. And yet that is a long-term kind of like function of my business. Like to me, it's really like the vegan meat and potatoes of my business, right? Because like, it's like, that is my content. Yet that is just, kind of like, that doesn't actually bring in that much, you know, money to my business. Like I need to create products, whether products or services, right? And so for me, it's this juggling act of like, okay, I need to create products, but I also want to make sure that I am, you know, feeding my, my content that people rely on and that they want to see and that I want to make. So it's just, it's kind of like a time management kerfuffle of like how do I how do I manage my time in such a way that I am 
continuing to create value and sharing that, which is free, it's free value. Like I, I, I realize it, but then also think about how can I create a way for my audience to, you know, buy from me and how can I create things that they want and how can I find things that are really going to help them and you know, writing an ebook is a whole undertaking. I would love to do it. And I have many outlines. I do. They're all sitting there like on my Google drive waiting for me to flesh them out. <laughs> and then I also have all these ideas about like, you know, creating a membership site and creating online courses. And I think what I need to do is I need to sit down and I need to prioritize those offerings and really think about which one I want to focus on first, because if I don't, then I'm just kidding continue in this paralysis by analysis of like what do I do yeah and as soon as that book comes out I'll be the first one on the list please (laughs) (laughs) um so I think you've already kind of outlined what success means to you and it's actually being able to see what a difference you're making in the world um instead of sort of what publication would you agree that that's what success means to you yeah I think Success is growth that that in its primary like you know Tony Robbins talks about growth being one of the the, the primordial like human needs and so success like just for me as a person, I want to continue to grow and contribute and to feel like what I'm doing matters and that it makes a difference and that it reaches people um, obviously like there's so many elements to creating a successful business that are out of my skill level, to be honest, like I'm struggling to, you know, learn how to run a business because I didn't study business and I have all the passion necessary. I have way too much passion to be honest. Like I'm so excited about sharing all this wonderful content, but at the same time, I think I will feel more successful when I'm able to actually kind of like siphon it into a business that is also paying me back and allowing me to lead the life that I want to and have that quality of life as well. Like I want to share the importance of having a high, like a better quality of life with my audience. But then at the same time, you know, I want to make sure that I am uh, abundant in my life and able to like fill your cup, right? You know, like I need to, I need to fill my cup so that I can share of it, right? Yeah. So I know you like to collaborate with other businesses and companies and um, you did this quite a lot in Paris. Has this been a good strategy to build Veggie Magnifique and the brand? Yeah, it's a good strategy across the board. It's a good strategy in that it will make you so much happier to collaborate with other humans. It's a joy. And it's also a wonderful strategy because you really, in collaborating, everyone wins, right? You're, you're, sharing information with someone else who maybe has an audience or who has a brand and then everyone wins because the audiences are happy to learn about a new person a new brand a new other platform and then you know everyone really benefits from collaboration so especially like when people ask me like how to get started in you know in a new vegan business venture or any business venture it's always about other people you know i think we we like to think that we can be this like lone wolf solo entrepreneur person and i have to beg to differ it even if you consider yourself a solo entrepreneur solopreneur 
you still need other people. And that's what makes it so enjoyable as well. It's like when you like rise, other people rise and you're able to kind of like collaboratively grow together for a bigger impact. Like that, that to me is beautiful. I love, I love that you say that in terms of businesses and individuals, what has been sort of your highlights or what has worked well for you? Did you have businesses contacting you or did you actively go out to um, sort of restaurants? And then I know that you spoke at com the conference and things like that. How did that work? Yeah, it's been a little bit of both, but I would say it's been more on the side of me reaching out. Like once my audience gets bigger, like people are into numbers. That's just, you know, like I had one partnership that I was working on uh, for many months and then my contact left that company and then the people that were still there at the company they were like yeah you know you just don't have any, enough followers um, on YouTube for for us to to you know continue this collaboration and it breaks my heart honestly that it's about the numbers as opposed to like the real connection but I, I realized that that's like a thing so <laughs> like I hope to grow my numbers I'm not very privy on how to like hack the algorithm i don't really know so it's it's always wonderful to you know to collaborate and then you reach more people and whatnot but in terms of reaching out to brands and potential collaborators i honestly think it behooves you to be proactive it really does it really behooves you to be proactive and to reach out to to other people and brands that you think you know fit with what it is that you're doing and with your you know your your brand and what you do. Um, I, I look forward to one day receiving more like collaborative suggestions that aren't random companies that have nothing to do with my brand, like that fill my, e my email inbox. Like, no, I do not want to promote this really random, not even like vegan supplement. <laughs> you know, like I get sort of, sort of quite a few emails of people who you know, but one day as my, as my audience grows and I'm able to, I guess, I don't know, like I have higher numbers. I don't know. That's pretty like clunky. How do I say that? I look forward to one day doing more collaborative work with brands and having that be kind of more of a two-way street of, you know, less of me reaching out and more brands coming to me. Uh, but you know, it's a process. Yeah. In terms of if someone wants to start out blogging or start out on a YouTube channel, did you make any mistakes in the beginning? Or if someone wants to start sharing their content about plant-based recipes or a plant-based lifestyle, how would you, what advice would you give to someone who is starting their journey? I would say make as many mistakes as you can. <laughs> I would say fail fast because the truth is most people don't start because they're afraid of that. They're afraid of making mistakes and they're afraid of, you know, like doing things wrong or, you know, like not being super pro. And there's just no way to be super pro without first you know, trying your hand at it. Like you really have to start, you have to start somewhere. And so that, that is like my ultimate advice to anyone who's interested in, in sharing the, hold on. Okay. Sorry. So that is my advice to people is to, is to get started now with what you have. And if you have an important message, get it out there and you might not be perfect in the beginning. I sure as heck wasn't, but like, 
you can't wait until everything's perfect for anything, anything in life, right? You just have to believe in yourself that you're going to learn and you're going to grow. And honestly, when I look at like our first videos on Veggie Magnifique, like it's funny, like it's funny, like it's blurry and like I didn't edit it properly, but you have to start somewhere. You can't just expect, you know, to, to start as a super professional, you know, video editor or performer or whatever. It takes so much time. And I think that when you take that time and you understand that there's going to be a, you know, a growing like curve, a growth curve, then when you do finally start to create, you know, really high quality content, A, you can be really proud of yourself. And it's just so gratifying, you know, like you're able to say, look, I started I've grown so much and hopefully it inspires other people. Hopefully that like, if you are to look at my like old videos, hopefully you'll be like, Oh, okay. You know, her first videos were kind of crap. Like I can, I can start and I can grow and then now have, you know, better quality, better editing, better software and things like that. Um, you know, and I'm still looking forward to upping my game in terms of, you know, technology and equipment and things like that. But I haven't, really focused as much on making that perfect. I've really focused on making sure that the content, like the, the, the quality of the content has been there. That's been my major um, priority. And uh, I mean, maybe people would disagree with me, you know, uh, but I, I feel that like your message is ultimately the most important. So to come back to what you're saying, if you have something you need to share, you need to find a way to share it. You need to find a way to share it. If it's not perfect, that's okay. And you can work on it and you can get better and better, you know? I think that's so important. And I love what you started with that fail fast. I think that is a really, really big lesson to be learned for a lot of people. So um, yeah, I think start quickly. Um, so thank you for that. In terms of your YouTube videos, how did you, did you both edit your own videos or what does that look like now? Did you sort of go on Skillshare and learn how to edit your own videos or how, how have you managed all of that side of things? Yeah, so aside from a few token videos here or there that our friend David, who's a filmmaker, has edited for us or a couple that my husband has edited, uh, initially Chloe and I edited everything and now I edit almost everything. So how did I learn how to edit? Well, so I did go to film school. <laughs> However, I didn't really like learn the ins and outs of editing that much because I ended up studying abroad my third year in college. And so it was very embryonic what I, what I learned at film school. So I wouldn't say that that is largely uh, to, um, to say as like, why I know how to edit. I would say that it's been trial, it's been trial and error, honestly. Like I still to this day use iMovie. I use iMovie, which I know it's like so unpro of me to say, but if, if it inspires someone, awesome. Okay. If you just have iMovie, start with iMovie. I'm still using it and my channel is growing a lot. At some point I look forward to getting, you know, obviously a more advanced editing software, final cut or whatever. But I just opened iMovie, I started to import footage, and I started to learn how to do something that I was not used to. And it means that you might have to like go on a search engine and say, how do I do XYZ? And then some 14 year old on YouTube is gonna tell you how to do it. <laughs> and you're gonna figure it out, you're gonna figure it out. And I do that to this day when I wanna add some sort of like, I don't know, 
special feature that I've never done before. I, I literally just go, you know, to YouTube and I type in how to do this thing on iMovie and then I figure it out. So the, the age of information is here. And so if you want to learn how to do something, you just have to start and you have to be okay with the learning curve. That's just what it is, you know? And so I have gotten a lot better over the years, but then that's what happens when you practice. I love that. Just get stuck right in and yeah, start from the beginning and good old Google. <laughs> yes, type it in. How do you do this? It's good. I, I spotted your content um, and I was just drawn in automatically. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. Do you have any tips on how to make your content stand out from the crowd? Yeah. So I subscribe to this idea of like, I guess they call it the blue ocean strategy. And it's this idea of less about thinking about competition and a more of a focus on creating and more of a focus on really being specific about who you are and what you want to share. And I think that this really helps, helps people to get out of the com competitive playing field. Cause there's a lot of people who are, you know, doing what I'm doing or maybe doing what, you know, someone, seeks to do and you might feel overwhelmed of like well you know like say you're a yoga teacher there's so many yoga teachers out there and you know how am i going to find my unique voice and it's like well no one is you and when you tap into what truly makes you unique and you really find like who you are then i feel like it's going to resonate with people i really do and i think that in terms of like again and you can take what i say or not, because I, I realize I don't have like millions of followers yet, but for me, I firmly believe that in striving to share what's on your heart and be yourself, then you kind of like, you can't fail because you're being authentic and you're being true. It might take a while, and it's certainly taken a while. I'm still working on it, but at least I sleep well at night because I know that I'm being authentic. I know that I'm sharing what's on my heart. And I know that it's important and we, we need, we need people to not be afraid that the market's already saturated. It's not already saturated. Your unique voice is needed and no one else is like you. So how do you, how do you capitalize on who you truly are and what you have to give? And then of course, finding those people that, that are picking up what you're putting down, right? Yeah, that's so, so important. And it's actually so simple. I think a lot of people overcomplicate it, but um, truly sticking to what what your values are and being you ultimately. Um, so no, that's that's brilliant. Thank you. You're you're so. I mean, in terms of the fail fast, you move to Paris. You try all of these new things all the time. Have you always had this sort of entrepreneurial spirit and this sort of get up and go, or is it something that you've cultivated over time? time do you listen to podcasts or what what where does it come from or can you give any sort of advice on how to keep that going yeah okay well both so i i'm definitely like <laughs> a doer like i'm like i want to do this and then i do it and i i think it's part of my personality and that um i'm very decisive and uh I'm, I'm a driven person and I have a lot of passion and I don't hesitate as much, uh, usually, but 
the second part of this is that I do feed myself and nourish myself, so to speak, constantly with self-help, self-development. Uh, I read a lot of books or I listen to books and I'm constantly trying to grow and improve and learn. And I think that that has made all the difference in my life is that I didn't stop learning when I you know, graduated from school. That was only the beginning. And to be honest with you, I've learned so much more since being out of school. And I think a lot of people see it a little bit backward and they think, I think people say, okay, well, I'm done with my schooling, you know, and now I go into life, you know, equipped with, you know, my schooling's behind me. And au contraire, you like, school is so, you know, remedial. There's so many things out there that they don't teach you and that you have to learn. And one of those things, I think, not only is entrepreneurship, <laughs> but is also how to grow and develop your skills and, and like be a better human. Like we're all works in progress. I, I have so many things I do not have figured out and I want to figure them out. Like I, I want to. And so I would say my advice would be to be bold. I really love this quote by Goethe. I can't say the last name. It's like G-O-E-T-H-E. Uh, it looks like Goethe, but you say like Goethe or something. And it's be bold and unseen forces will come to your aid. And I, I repeat that in my mind, like be bold and unseen forces will come to your aid. Now, you might not believe in unseen forces. However, I do. And they have been very helpful over the years when I have made big, bold decisions. And so in my life, I, I feel like you are supported when you're listening to your intuition. And when you are following that, that like bliss, you're following your intuition and what you really feel like you should do. And whenever I've trusted my intuition, things have worked out all like all the time, not necessarily how I thought they'd work out, but they worked out. And, and I think that, you know, like had I not read about universal intelligence or just like some of the classics of mind power like that is so important because if you just think you're in some sort of entropic you know vortex of random randomness and that life doesn't mean anything and that you have no you know effect on it then life really sucks but when you <laughs> start to learn about human psychology and you start to study how to develop your mind and your body and, and to improve yourself, life gets so much better. And then you can share that with others. Like it's a wonderful pursuit. Like I don't, it's not like a selfish thing. It's like when you focus on yourself and you grow and you learn, by the way, that's the only person you have control over anyway. And when you really focus on that, that's when, that's when life goes so much better, honestly. So um, I would say that in reading about how to improve yourself and to be bold, you're kind of you're gonna kind of be motivated to to act more like it can be go both ways right you might just be someone who already acts and then in fueling your desires and your growth you'll continue to, to do that but better or you might need to you know start with fueling yourself in order to have the confidence to act does that make sense it does make sense. If 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 you had one book to recommend to our listeners, because I know, well, you say that you're an avid reader and I think it's so important. What would be one book that you would recommend for people uh, to read? It's hard to choose just one, but I would say 
the most powerful book and the book that, like, if you could only read one book, it would be Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Think and Grow Rich. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. And are you listening to any podcasts at the moment? Um, do you, what information do you take in daily? I'm not a big podcast listener, to be honest. I'm, I listen to, to audiobooks. So I, I'm currently listening to YNAB, which is You Need a Budget. So I'm learning about how to handle my finances better. That's been a big uh, focus of mine over the past year. So that's currently what, what I'm listening to. Fantastic. I think that's really important, especially when people are starting businesses and entrepreneurs learning about finances. Especially it's with huge. creatives. Yeah. And they, they don't teach you this stuff. They don't teach you this stuff in school. And then you think, oh, well, I, you know, like you said, with creatives, well, I'm a creative or I'm an artist or I'm an actor. I don't need to know that stuff. It's like, well, yes, you do. And, and you will be able to share your art or be more creative if you're not totally broke. Like, it's such an important aspect of things and that I totally ignored for like <laughs> the beginning of my adulthood and I'm learning from it now. And so yeah, that's, that's a huge thing to learn. That's how our system currently operates. So if you don't understand finance, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, well, any information you pick up, I think maybe pop it on your YouTube channel. It'd be good content. I, I would <laughs> love to. Thanks for that reminder. I feel like once I get a, somewhat of a better handle on it, I'm going to share my findings because I'm certainly not a finance expert. I'm just currently like swimming in it to try to improve that aspect. So I would love to share it once I feel like I have more of a handle on how to like eloquently share it. No, it's it's really good. I think it's it's so interesting to kind of get inside your brain and how your thoughts are processed and how you create all of these new things. And I know you mentioned bullet journaling as well and your gratitude practice. Um, can you just chat a bit about what is bullet journaling and what does your gratitude practice look like as well? Absolutely, those are two of my favorite things. So just, I'll talk about gratitude first. Gratitude is the secret sauce. Like if ever there was a secret sauce, gratitude. If you want to improve your life, gratitude. If you want to, you know, have better experiences, better relationships, better health. Gratitude for what you already have is key. It's vital. When you're in an energy of lack or things suck or whatever, it's very difficult to get your energy to a level where you can start to attract uh, something better. And, and I really believe that in, in, in my life, at least, when I'm very focused on having a powerful gratitude practice, things go so much better. I'm happier right? And even just the day-to-day, -day, like you can, you can say it's, it's powerful for manifestation because, you know, you're focusing on gratitude and maybe you start to be grat like grateful for things you haven't even yet manifested. That's something that I do. Like, I'm so grateful for XYZ. Even though it hasn't happened already, I'm trying to be grateful for it preemptively, but it's not even just trying to attract things. It's also for today, for now. Like, I'm so grateful that I have a warm house. I'm so grateful that I have a car that works. Like, so many people don't. And when you start to really focus on what you do have, even though you might feel like you have so little, the chances are you have a lot more than most. And that, that practice is very powerful. And so what I do and have been doing for many years is in the morning, I write down things that I'm grateful for. So that's literally what the practice is. Now you can do that in a long form or you can write down three things you're grateful for or 10 or whatever. And mine has changed over the years, but what I do on the hard mornings when I'm like, these are hard, I write down things that I'm grateful for that are like, 
very elementary, like, you know, I'm so happy and grateful I have healthy food to eat. I'm so happy and grateful for my wonderful relationships. I'm so, you know, like those kinds of like things that like are very, very, very true, right? And then on the days where I'm like high on life and I'm like, woo, then I write gratitude for things that have yet to manifest. And that's, so I'm, I'm, you know, talking about my business. I'm so grateful for, you know, hundred subscribers on YouTube, you know, which I don't have yet, but I'm trying to get used to this idea of being grateful for something that I have yet to manifest because I, I really do think that there's magic in that. Um, and then in terms of bullet journaling, so bullet journaling is something I started a couple of years ago and I love it. I love it because I'm very manual. I love to write. I love to draw. I love books, like actual books. Like I, I don't have an agenda on my phone. I don't have, like, I don't have a calendar. Like I have a calendar, but I use it. Like I use a book. And to me, that is just beautiful. I love books. They always open. I don't have to plug them into the wall. They're just always there like a happy friend. And I realized that I'm somewhat unusual in today's modern age, but that's to me that like real, you know, physical book is, is very grounding. And what I do in bullet journaling, and I mean, there's, you know, I think his name is writer Carol, the creator of bullet journaling. You can definitely look into that, but I organize my life in like, there's my weekly spread. So I have my to do's and then I also write down my goals. I also have my monthly spread. So month at a glance, right? So I can look ahead and I draw all these things. You don't have to draw all these things. You can get a bullet journal that's already, already like kind of mapped out for you if you're not into that. But it has been so helpful for me to track things. Like for example, I do a weekly tracker. So I track like, did I get my green juice in today? Right? So then I fill in the bubble and it's just so exciting. Like, it's like, I look and I see, Oh, I, you know, I filled in all these bubbles. I did it. Yay. And that visual kind of like feedback of like, I'm on track really helps me personally because I am very like real visual, like tactile. Like I like that. And, um, it's also really helped me to kind of like be creative on a daily basis. I, I really enjoy that. I enjoy doing lettering, but I also enjoy like, if you had like an agenda agenda, like a book agenda, but like an actual, you know, agenda with everything already made for you, you can't really take a page out and make the list about all of your favorite books or make a list about like things that you hope to your goals or whatever. Like they might not have that within the framework. Whereas when you're bullet journaling, you decide the framework, which means more work, but ultimately it means more personalization and it means that it's really suited to who you are. So I have gotten better at it over the years. Like I think I'm on my, I'm on my third bullet journal this year. Yes. I'm on my third bullet journal this year. And so now I know what works for me, you know, like for me, I make sure that like I have it right here. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I have it right here. Do you have like a blank page or is it do you create it yourself or is it a template so I create it myself so like next week for example I found these stickers that I am playing around with but like I do it very minimalistic so this doesn't have too much information so I can show you just in terms of like all my like I'll show you also like sometimes I put things in the front and they fall out but like like this was a couple weeks ago it's very filled in and it has all my to-dos and then I fill in the bubble of each to-do and that's very um, gratifying for me, right? And uh, some people, they're not going to do it like I do it. Like you have to do research on the different ways to organize your life, right? But like, 
I, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I track, you know, my income. I track amazing things that happen so that like I can, again, focus on the positive. Like if you're just not having a good day, you just turn to the page of like, you know, amazing things that have happened or your list of favorite things, right? You have to think about what it is that you want and that you need in this book. Like I have a list of gift ideas so that, you know, like during the year you find something in, or you have an idea for like your friend's birthday, but it's their birthday is like six months away. You write it down and you have it. And it's like kind of a capture journal as well. And I think that's a really important factor is that many of us, we have post-its, we have the notes app on our phone. We have our desk and and papers and we've written something on a napkin last week and it's like <laughs> clutter and it's everywhere and i used to be like that until i got this bullet journal and then i just started to create lists for those things that i was writing willy-nilly on post-its here and there and then they're now all in the book now do you have to be careful to make sure you always have your book with you <laughs> yes you don't want to lose your book uh you know like but since i have a purse and i just you know i keep track of it but um yeah, it's been really, really helpful, especially with goal setting, because like a lot of people don't revisit their goals and I didn't used to revisit them as often as I should have. And now it's like I have a system. So every single month I check back in with my goals. Right. And that kind of like, you know, recheck in and familiarity and reminder of what I'm working on has been so helpful. It's been so helpful because otherwise we just like set these goals, we write them down, we put them somewhere else and then we forget about them. And then six months later, we're, we're like, oh yeah, what was I going to do again? And then you're just not living intentionally, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. I actually, I do have a journal, but mine's more I do have little, it's like daily habits. So I've got little circles and on each day you tick off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or whenever have you done that habit today? And I find that personally, I can't get on with technology. I've tried to use the notes app and things like that, but I'm so glad because so many people kind of use their phone and it's integrated with their laptops. And it's really nice to um, actually hear someone say, the beauty of um writing is still there <laughs> i agree i agree yeah i just i trust i trust a book whereas i i just don't trust technology no it's good do you have um and one last question do you have a meditation practice or for your goal settings obviously you do set your goals really high sort of moving country and starting a new career and it's sort of an everything is figure outable approach i feel like you have um, do you have a practice to kind of dreamscape? Yeah. So my meditation practice has evolved over the years quite a lot. And to be honest with you, it evolves with like the months. So when I like feel like I need to quiet the mind, I'm going to do more minimal meditations. Even sometimes I just meditate without even doing some sort of like guided music meditation or whatever. Um, but it depends. Like one of my go-tos is going to be a like guided meditation where I'm visualizing an amazing life and what I seek to manifest. And I do that, you know, very often, a few times a week, at least usually. Um, and then some of the other days I might just do like a moment of gratitude. Like I don't have that much time and I'll just sit down and I'll calm my body and slow down my breath and talk to God, you know, and, and be grateful. And you know, ask for, ask for guidance or, or kind of 
have a conversation with God about what I'm currently working on or what's on my heart or whatever. And it really depends. Like sometimes it's going to be more guided. Like I, even YouTube, you can find great guided meditations. Like there's a couple, there's a Bob Proctor one. That's excellent. Manifesting abundance. And then there's another one by this. I think her name is Sarah too, actually. And I think it's called live the life you love or something. And she has this abundance meditation. That's excellent. It's really good. And it kind of like walks you through your ideal life and it gets you feeling all those feelings. And so I find it very powerful. I was also doing headspace for, for a couple years. I really enjoyed doing headspace. Uh, it was probably about maybe six or seven, maybe six years ago. And I was really routine about that. And I was just like following their meditations which was great. But then I started to want to branch out a bit and I wanted to do more of my own thing. So yeah, I, I do meditations on YouTube. Honestly, I do like Boho Beautiful has some meditations that are like 15 minutes. And if I'm really love, busy, love Boho Beautiful. <laughs> I love good. her. I love her. And I, I like, will just pop one on, especially like when I'm like really just like busy and I need that help. I need that helping hand to just like calm it down and have a calming voice with me and just to kind of like accompany me on my meditation. And then there's other days where I feel like in the zone, you know, and then I just, I can sit and I can do kind of like my own um, meditation. The, the most important thing for me, to be honest, with meditation is just that you're doing it and that you're sitting down, whether it's five minutes or 20 minutes every day. And that, I feel that routine is what's going to start to really make a difference in your life. Whereas if you have like these high expectations of how you want to get into the zone every day for a half an hour, like it's just not going to happen. Maybe it's going to happen, but it just is rarely like happens as, as perfectly as all that because life happens. So if you can make like a routine out of making sure you're at least doing a little bit every single day, then, you know, compound effect, it really adds up. Amazing. Yeah. I think that everyone needs to meditate. <laughs> I think everyone needs to meditate I think that it's hard to get started but I think that it's um yeah kind of essential especially in modern life so you've lived in Paris do you see yourself living anywhere different in the future I know you're in New Hampshire at the moment and it looks absolutely gorgeous with the seasons that you were telling me about earlier and um yeah do you see yourself sort of making the move anywhere else that's a great question uh for now we really like it and uh, it's, it's a wonderful state with wonderful people. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, like I'm certainly someone who loves to travel and I, I really enjoyed being an expat. I really did. Uh, it's actually kind of strange to, to be back living in my home country, but I don't know. Cause life is long and there's all sorts of, you know, adventures I don't even know about. So We'll have to wait and see, but for now, we we love it, and I'm so grateful for that. Amazing. Well, when um, we can fly again and travel, I think that I should hop on a train from London and meet you in Paris, and you can show oh, me all the vegan amazing. spots. <laughs> yes, please. I need, to, I need to try some vegan pastries. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is like, I will fly for vegan pastries. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that so much. And um, in terms of Paris when you were living there did you have any favorite vegan spots or any recommendations when you were living in Paris 
Oh, absolutely. There are so many vegan spots in Paris. It's like a vegan revolution in Paris, which is so exciting because when I first moved there, that was not the case. <laughs> but the last several years, it's really changed and it's just wonderful. So I loved Potager de Charlotte, which is in, I believe that's in the ninth on the edge of the ninth. Um, there's a new vegan restaurant called Breathe that's very exquisite. One of my favorites actually closed a couple of years ago. We were doing cooking classes with Saint Lorette, which um, was no longer there, but was one of my favorites because it was really focused on like high vitality food. Um, some other ones that I love are Grenier de Notre Dame, which is like just, just south of Notre Dame. And they had a lot of yummy, you know, like seitan dishes and just like real like comfort food. Um, and what else? Cloud Cakes is an amazing bakery. Vige Patisserie is also an, ama an amazing vegan bakery. Like you can get so many things, cupcakes and at Vige Patisserie you can get like those classic French cakes. Just exquisite, just amazing. And there's all these vegan grocery stores as well. Now there's Aujourd'hui Demain, which is a vegan concept store. Uh, there's the classic um, Amont Vegan, which is a small chain. And uh, there's also uh, Epicerie, Epicerie, uh, what is it called? It's a new one. It opens shortly before I, I left. But anyway, all that to say, like, it's amazing. You can go on Happy Cow and see just a billion places in Paris that either are vegan or vegetarian or have lots of vegan options, which is progress. It's amazing. Like when we were living in Paris, it was like we had to be, we had to curb our enthusiasm. Otherwise we'd go out to eat too much, you know, it's just like too expensive or too rich or whatever, because there's so many options, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's the beauty of, I guess, of a big city, right? That's the, a real, a real boon for, for when you're living in a larger city. Yeah, I feel like you went to Paris at the time where veganism was kind of on the increase and uh, I struggled so much. I think I went there about four years ago the last time and I struggled to get a good pastry, but I did try um, uh, making a croissant with coconut oil last week and it was pretty good. It was good. Awesome. Yeah, you got to experiment. <laughs> that's, that's how you get, that's how you figure out if, you know, how to make it work. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best um, ways to connect with you online and to follow all of your amazing work, Anne? Well, I would say that the blog is my favorite place to connect because it's my universe. You know, it's the blog. It's not just a social media platform. So veggiemanyfeek.com. Of course, I'm also uh, very active on YouTube. I create videos every week. And so that's a wonderful way to connect with me as well. I'm on Instagram. However, Instagram is a whole nother, you know, ball of wax. <laughs> I don't think I understand Instagram yet. I'm trying. I'm trying to understand Instagram. But I am on Instagram, so definitely join me over there. And uh, yeah, I just, I love connecting with people. I would say that that is one of the most, like, the most important things about what I do is that collaboration and that connection and kind of creating a tribe around, you know, kind living and wellness like that. That's the ultimate thank you so so much for joining me today and if you are interested in a vegan lifestyle for anyone listening head over to Anne's youtube channel it's absolutely fantastic thank you sarah thanks so much Anne.